Welcome to Marvel. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the show, Marvel Fantasy Football Podcast. It's your host, Mr. Fahrenheit, Cliff Jensen, here on a Tuesday morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Week six is over. It was fun. It was wild. And if it showed anything this week, and I'm just talking pure NFL standpoints, it's that any NFL team can be any NFL NFL team right now. And I know it's a, you know, a catchphrase any given Sunday, but this year especially, I mean, I would not be surprised. I don't I didn't look at the schedule yet, but let's just say the Eagles play against the Atlanta Falcons next week in Atlanta. Would you be like I know it would be a, an upset. Would you be like shocked though if like the Falcons stole one in an ugly win. Like th- there's there's teams like bottom barrel teams that are running the ball, working the clock, and playing defense. And right now, that's the recipe for winning. Now, on the other side, we have teams like the Buffalo Bills who are just dominating on offense, and sometimes they don't even need to rely on their defense. What a game that was against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Happy for Gage. Uh, He needed to get over that hump, and I know it's only the regular season, but I do think that game mattered much, much more for the Buffalo Bills than it did for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Bills would be in line to get that home field advantage and uh, possibly the bye week. There's only one bye week for teams in the playoffs, and the Bills would love to have the bye and have the AFC playoffs go through Buffalo. So I know he's excited there. I was excited for him, even though I am a Jets fan. And if the Buffalo Bills lost on Sunday, my New York Jets would have been in first place. But it's okay. That's okay. I'll take a little backseat to Gage here. It's his time. I'm just enjoying the ride. And uh, we're excited for the New York Jets. At least I am. Um, so real quick, just going to go over some cliff notes actually just one cliff note that i had um, and it had to do it has to do with tyree kill so he's actually um having the best season he's ever had right now and we weren't sure what to do when he got traded to the miami dolphins we thought eh, you know he's a really good receiver undersized but really fast we're thinking maybe Patrick Mahomes was the reason for how good he was, but that's not the case. And oh, by the way, he's had a different quarterback now for the last three weeks, and he's still putting up prolific numbers. <laughs> right now, if we statted him out, this is almost unsustainable. Not almost. It is unsustainable. Um, Tyreek Hill is on pace for 142 receptions and 1,986 yards, 1,986 yards. So we were thinking maybe a Justin Jefferson, a Cooper Cup would finally break over that 2,000-yard mark that hasn't been touched yet in the NFL for receiving. We haven't even mentioned that Tyreek Hill is almost on pace for that. 
He's 14 yards off pace for hitting 2,000 receiving yards. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No way. There's going to be, you know, we got cold weather games. Although he's in the right area, uh, I saw it was like heat index of 120 degrees on the uh, on the Viking sideline in Miami um, on Sunday. They were, you know, IVs everywhere, huffing and puffing, and you know, so maybe maybe being in Miami is a really good thing for Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable season so far. That was the cliff note of the day. We're going to dive quickly into the power rankings of the NFL. This will be fast because not much has changed. I do believe we have a new team in the bottom three. But top three, uh, basically no change. We got the Buffalo Bills at number one. Still six weeks in a row. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, number two. Six and oh. Can't put them over the Bills because of strength of schedule stuff. You know, the Bills just beat the Chiefs. So that matters much, much more than the Eagles beating a Cooper Rush-led Cowboys team. And at number three, I still have the Chiefs. You know, you lose uh, on a last-minute drive to the Buffalo Bills. No shame there. The Bills are the heavy Super Bowl favorite, probably even more now after they beat the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are still going to be number three for me. And looking at the bottom tier uh, teams, I still have the Chicago Bears dead last. No reason to change that. They lost to the Commanders last week. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, Moving on, it is the aforementioned Commanders. I have them ranked uh, 31st in the league. And they just lost Carson Wentz probably for four to six weeks. So it's only going to get worse there. Not that he was playing better. But the commanders just have no direction. There's thoughts of the coach being fired there. Kind of a Carolina Panthers situation. And at uh, 30th, again, the aforementioned Carolina Panthers are a disaster. Robbie Anderson screaming at coaches on the sideline. uh, Was sent to the locker room by the coaches. And one day later, not even 24 hours later, was traded. They wanted to get rid of him. He wanted out of there. I actually don't blame him. I don't know what the game plan is in Carolina. Not that I want to talk too much about the Carolina Panthers, but they're awful to watch, awful for fantasy football. Usually even the crappy teams in the NFL provide some sort of fantasy relevance. But right now it's literally just Christian McCaffrey. I don't know what they're doing with DJ Moore. It would be in their best interest to trade all pieces that could get any value and start a literal full rebuild. Go for that number one pick. You still have, they have no quarterback. Baker Mayfield is done for a while, high ankle sprain. You got Sam Darnold still out, not ready to go from his preseason injury. And now PJ Walker was hit out of the game this past Sunday, who I guess is allergic to throwing to wide receivers anyway. So if you have DJ Moore, absolutely droppable. Probably should have been dropped. We'll see what Tom does. I traded him DJ Moore. so uh, But I understand why he took the chance on him just in case. He is an excellent talent, and they're just not using him correctly. Um, with that said, it is now time to get to the studs and duds, the matchups, and of course... The suspense is building. The matchup of the week. We begin our matchups with the matchup of the week. 
Josh Benoit trying to guess the matchup of the week. How dare you, sir? If you think for one second I'd put myself in the matchup of the week, you'd be wrong. Joe Chick, take it on. Gage Aziz. Whoop. What a battle it was. Why is this matchup of the week? Because sometimes going to lunch with a stuffed bear, the stakes are high, baby. We play for keeps. Joe Chick takes the win. 116 to 106. Joe Chick was 0-5 heading into the contest. Gage was on an absolute hot streak. And Joe Chick takes the win with 116 points to Gage's 106. Let's dive into the teams. Joe Burrow put Joe's team, Joe, Joe to Joe. Joe Burrow put Chick's team on his back. 32 fantasy points, 300 yards passing, and four total touchdowns against the New Orleans Saints, who look absolutely exploitable. I thought the Saints had a pretty good defense, but on the road giving up, you know, production like that to Joe Burrow was just a welcome sight for Chick and his team. Looking at his duds, Jeff Wilson, the shoe has fallen for him, most likely with possibly Elijah Mitchell coming back in the next few weeks. You don't want to see a performance like this from Jeff Wilson Jr. 25 fantasy points and a fumble, so he only got a half a point. Um, you know, those are Melvin Gordon numbers there, my friend. So we'll see what Joe Chick does there. But 116 points for him. This is right around that wheelhouse that I talked about last week. The makeup of his team right now, I think he's locked to get about 116 points about every week. Maybe between 108 to what you know, 116, 120. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to get an explosion game, but this is all he needed. And this was, um, he had one of the higher scores this week. It was a weird week for fantasy football. So he would have beat multiple teams. And so maybe uh, slow and steady could win the race. So I know he's very excited to be off the schneid here. Moving on to Gage's team, 106 points, close battle. Um, Joe Chick did, by the way, need a couple field goals from Brian McManus last night in Monday Night Football. So that's another reason why it was on matchup of the week that it went deep into the week six slate on Monday Night Football. Um, Gage's team, Christian McCaffrey, stud. He's the only bright spot for that Carolina Panthers team. And this is why you draft Christian McCaffrey early because he can get you 19 fantasy points without a touchdown. That's not easy to do. And he keeps doing it week after week. He looks great. Trade rumors. We'll see where he goes. I'm in the possible minority that I say I don't think it's better for him if he gets traded. I know that sounds crazy. I think He's the focal point of the offense in Carolina. They stink and they need him. They need to pass him the ball multiple times. A lot of, you know, people think if he goes to Buffalo, he's going to be an even better fantasy football player. And I don't think that's the case. I think he'll, he'll score more touchdowns there, but I don't think he's as needed um, as he is in Carolina. So, I, again, I think I'm in the minority there, but we'll see what happens, mo happens moving forward. As far as your dud goes, Nick Chubb. So this is why, um, you know, Nick Chubb has been the fantasy superstar through the first five weeks, but this is a Nick Chubb dud game. This is why you don't draft Nick Chubb in the first round. Uh, he wasn't drafted in the first round in any league, so kudos to everybody there. But this is what happens when the Browns are losing. They can't go through Nick Chubb. You can't keep running and running and running. Seven fantasy points, 
only had 56 yards rushing. Now he's an elite talent. If we had to redraft today, I guarantee you he's going in the first round and I'd probably be the one to take him. So I'm not saying he's a bad player, but this is what a Nick Chubb dud game does look like uh, on the outside looking in. So ChristianMingle.com, Gage moves to four and two on the season. Like I said, he's first in his division. He's having a great season. He just happened to run into a very motivated Joe Chick, uh, who is now one and five on the year, and he is no longer in last place. We'll talk about power rankings a little bit later, but congratulations, Joe Chick, once again, off the schneid. All right, our next matchup is going to be the BV Bar Wenches. Chris Roach taking on Pillar of Fire, Tom Beggs, who's kind of in a little landslide here. He mentioned in the chat, I can't believe I was ranked number two a couple weeks ago. Well, my friend, that's how power rankings work, and, you know, it's up to you to stay on top. And I'm sure I'll be sliding down right with you because I was ranked number two last week. Um, but not to get too far into my matchup, let's talk about this one. Chris Roach, 114 to Pillar of Fire, 66. Another low performance, low scoring performance by Tom's team. Let's look at Roach's team first, though. 114 points. Um, definitely had some duds here, but we'll talk about the stud, Jamar Chase. You know, it goes hand in hand with Chick's uh, stud and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were on the same page yesterday. They exploited that Saints defense. Seven receptions, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Good for 28 fantasy points. That's why you take Jamar Chase in the first round, because he can do stuff like this. It's unbelievable. As far as your dud goes, I could go a couple different directions. Herbert last night didn't play well, but you had already you know, got the win. You didn't really need Herbert to do anything last night. Denver's a really good defense. It was, uh, you know, a tough battle in division. So I'm going Kareem Hunt. Why am I going Kareem Hunt over Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones only put up 5.9 fantasy points. But Kareem Hunt, this was his time to shine. The Browns were finally down multiple scores. This is usually when Kareem Hunt comes in, catches a bunch of passes, two-minute drill, you know, possibly a, a, a receiving touchdown, and kind of spells Nick Chubb. Again, this is not a Nick Chubb game script when you're down two, three scores, and the Browns were down heavily against the Patriots all day. So Nick, you know, Kareem Hunt getting you 12 rushing yards, no receptions, good for one fantasy point. That's not great. Right now, probably not a startable asset. He's got that name value, though. What do you do with Kareem Hunt? And I'm talking to anyone in the league that has Kareem Hunt, maybe in other leagues. I don't have him. But I'm wondering, what do you do? Do you try to trade him, but his value is so low right now? Do you just hope that, you know, the talent finally does show itself later on? Or do you wait for Deshaun uh, Watson to come back week 13, which is pretty far away still? A lot of decisions to make about Kareem Hunt, but nonetheless, you take the win. Going over to Pillar of Fire. Wow, another performance in the 60s. So... This is where, again, not to harp on, on Chick's team, but Joe Chick's team is going to always put up probably about 100 points while you have a lot of ups and downs from other teams. And right now we're seeing a lot of downs from Tom's team. A lot of duds all over the place. Um, man, it's almost, that, it's almost that time. I think 
I mean, Cooper Cup did get you 13 fantasy points. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It's tough to call that a dud if that's his floor because a lot of, you know, even main guys, a guy like Mike Williams, who last night did absolutely nothing, his floor is is below two points. Cooper Cup still getting 13, so I'm st- I still can't say that Tom's team didn't have any studs. I'm still going to call Cooper Cup a stud because this is a down game for him. He still gets you 13. Moving on to his dud, I could go many different directions, but I'm going A.J. Dillon. Uh, a lot of people in preseason and last year, they want A.J. Dillon to be Jonathan Taylor so bad. I don't know if it's just because how they look. They're really big, giant running backs. They call him Quadzilla. His legs are ginormous. I just – I remember all offseason it's like, oh, I'm, I'm grabbing Air, you know, A.J. Dillon everywhere I can. He's going to – possibly overtake Aaron Jones you know Aaron Jones could go down blah 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 like no one not one analyst or quote-unquote expert ever imagined what if AJ Dillon is just not that good and I know he had a lot you know he had some better games last year so maybe that's what sparked our minds to think he could be something that he's not but every time I watched him I watched every snap of that game it was against my New York Jets who don't have the best run defense, by the way. Um, you know, I watch A.J. Dillon get the ball, and he runs into the offensive lineman every single time. So I didn't even say his output. He had 41 yards rushing, good for seven fantasy points. So he got a couple receptions, but didn't do anything with them. He has no burst. He's just a big mountain of a man, and he runs into the into the offensive line. He reminds me of a Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry's getting 30 touches a game. You know, A.J. Dillon, if he was going to be a premier back, he needs a lot of touches because he's very inefficient. So he needs to be able to break one, and I don't even know if he has that breakaway speed. So, you know, your dud could have been a, a multiple, you know, there's multiple duds on your team, including Mike Williams, who only put up, up two receptions last night. But again, that was expected from me uh, against Patrick Sertan, a great corner. I didn't think Mike Williams was going to have a good game, so maybe your expectations were tempered like they probably should have been. But A.J. Dillon really not helping your cause. 66 fantasy points for Tom. He moves to 2-4 and four on the season. Congratulations to Mr. Chris Roach, a strong 4-2 and two on the year. All right, our next matchup is going to be Yeeter Skeeters taking on Torres Falcons. This is Jason versus Juan in a low-scoring, ugly defensive affair. And Yeeter Skeeters does it again with Derrick Henry out on bye. Jason keeps winning. We are at one acquisition for the year. He picked up Noah Fant, and Noah Fant had a decent little game, 7.5 fantasy points. Let's talk about the rest of his team. Uh, You know, the lone stud is going to be Josh Allen. 329 yards and three touchdowns, good for 26 fantasy points. I would say that Josh Allen is the lone reason why Jason is now moving to 5-1 on the year. An excellent start for Mr. Kelly here, and uh, Josh Allen will be on bye next week. So let's see what Jason does. Let's see what he's made of in these bye weeks. He's also got a key injury. Marquise Hollywood-Brown going to be out multiple weeks. Looks like about six to eight weeks with a Liz Frank injury. 
I think it maybe not even a Liz Frank is possible. It was a small fracture in his foot. It was feared to be season ending, but it looks like it's going to be a six to eight week injury. So some adversity here for Mr. Kelly moving forward, but he takes the win. As far as his dud goes, it's tough to give it. He started James Cook. I think that's only because Derrick Henry was out, but um, I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is concerning in a high-scoring battle against the Bills. You got Clyde Edwards-Alaire sharing the backfield with two other good running backs, too. They're not just backups. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, they're good Good little running backs, and um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, good for 3.3 fantasy points on 33 yards rushing. That means he had no receptions, and that's not what Clyde does. Clyde profiled as a premier pass-catching running back. They are not using him like a first-round running back should be used, and I'm not saying they should. I think they might have made a mistake. Not might have. I think they did make a mistake. He is not a first-round type running back. If you look at Brees Hall right now, who the Jets got in the second round, there's a big gap between Brees Hall and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's one of the reasons why teams just stopped picking running backs in the first round. They're pretty hit or miss, and if you miss on a running back in the first round, your team, your NFL franchise, probably not going in the right direction. Nonetheless, that's going to be your dud. Going over to Torres Falcons, another uh, tough loss here for Mr. Torres. He's uh, winless since the trade of Palooza. I didn't think his team got any better in that trade, and it's showing itself here. We'll go over to his stud, who's going to be Dalvin Cook. 77 rushing yards and a touchdown. Dalvin is Dalvin. He's a stud. You know, you put him in your lineup every week. He could do this at any given point, any time, any place. As far as duds go, we're going to go another concerning running back, kind of like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, almost the same exact situation. This is going to be James Robinson, 54 rushing yards, good for only six fantasy points. Listen, Travis Etienne is coming. It was only a matter of time. The first couple of weeks, it was shaky. It was it was his first NFL games. He sat out all last year, Travis Etienne, and now he's looking like one of those running backs where anytime he touches the ball, he could take it to the house. I think he had a 70-plus yard rushing attempt this week, and James Robinson not really giving you that he's more the bowling ball compared to the lightning bolts that is Travis Etienne so you're going to see James Robinson slowly take a back seat here still a startable fantasy you know running back three but not a premier running back one that he was giving you in the first couple weeks so that's going to be your dud Jason moves to five and one on the year while Juan Torres is a miserable one in five on the year not to look too far forward, Juan has a bunch of bye weeks coming up, and uh, we'll see what happens with his team. Yeah, honestly, I don't really have any opinion on that because it, like fantasy football doesn't mean anything to me. I hoped you liked the intro to this next matchup. 
that was basically me this past weekend when I knew I was going to lose to Elliot in two leagues. I was facing off against Elliot in two leagues. But this next matchup is going to be myself, Mr. Fahrenheit, taking on L's Bells, the number one undisputed ranked team in our league. And L's Bells takes the win, no problem, 132 to 113. Let's look at his team. He just keeps putting up massive amount of points. He was in a situation where injuries went his way instead of against him. I'm talking about Damian Harris going down. So his stud is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. So he was able to reap the benefits of that injury. His other stud in contention was going to be Kenneth Walker. So Rashad Penny goes down and he had Ken Walker chilling on his bench, ready to fire up. And of course, he fired him up against me, got him 18 fantasy points. Ramondre Stevenson, two touchdowns, 23 fantasy points. Just a stud day there. As far as your dud, it was going to be Thursday night. I was so confident. I was feeling so much better about our matchup. Curtis Samuel got you one fantasy point on Thursday. It was a great start for my squad, and I didn't even have to play a player. But this is what happens in fantasy football. It's um, it's the worst. It's the worst, but it's the best. So Curtis Samuel gets you one. As far as my team goes, I was very happy with most of my team's performance. I put up 113 points, which points, which was top, you know, top five, top four in the league, and I just happened to face the number one team. This is what happens in fantasy football. I was texting with Joe Chick, and I mentioned that there is a way to prevent. I mean, there is nothing where injuries stink, right? When you get players injured or things don't go your way, bad beats. But there's nothing worse than putting up a crap load of points. Maybe you're second in scoring for that week, and you just happen to face the number one scoring team. So I was chatting with Joe Chick, and I've heard of people playing in leagues. Now, it's a lot of extra work for the commissioner, <coughs> me, uh, but you could do this. Instead of just a head-to-head matchup every week where you get one win or one loss, basically every single week you play two games. It's, it's against your normal uh, opponent so it would be me versus L in this situation and I took the loss here he took the win and then the other game simultaneously happening is you you're scoring against the league average of scoring so if you are in the top six scoring at the end of the week you get a win if you're in the bottom you get a loss so yes you could get a double win like Elliot would have gotten a double win but my loss wouldn't hurt as much. I'd get a loss against Elliot, but a win against the league average in scoring. That would help me make me, you know, definitely make me feel much better. And not just me, anybody that goes through this situation. And unfortunately, ESPN doesn't support a league like that. So I'd have to literally do the math myself. Now, it's not rocket science. I could do it. But that would have me, you know, going in and editing standings and scenarios and you know hey i'm human so i I don't know if i could do it without making a mistake i would hope to think that i could but that's something we can think about in the future if we ever see a platform that does um allow for that i think it would be really fun to do something like that where putting up points which is all we can control we don't we don't play defense there's not a 
I know there's DSTs that exist, but that's not the same as like playing defense. All we can do is make start sits. And if we're making great decisions every single week and putting up points, but you just get unlucky with matchups, you're going up against top scorers. Like right now, Taylor, you know, she's having a rough season on her team, but she's also playing against people that are putting up a stupid amount of points against her. So it doesn't feel good for her when maybe she does have finally a good week and then she happens to go up against a juggernaut. So something to think about down the line, you know, comment in the chat if you would ever be interested in doing that type of format. Nonetheless, Mr. Fahrenheit, 113 points. I'm happy with that. Let's talk about my stud. It's Tyreek Hill. Uh, And why? Because he did it without a touchdown. 23 fantasy points, 12 receptions for 177 yards, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. And actually, he had two quarterbacks that game. The other quarterback got knocked out, Skyler. Teddy Bridgewater came in and said, I have eyes for Tyreek Hill. Dud. Oh. Second time in the duds here. Melvin Gordon last night. Eight yards. Good for not even a full fantasy point. I knew he wasn't going to get the touchdowns needed to beat Elliott. That was a long shot. But this is troubling for Melvin Gordon. The Chargers do not have a good run defense. And the fact that they watched him carry the ball just a few times in the first quarter and then almost exclusively didn't go back to him. Um, I think that he was on a short leash, and I think you're going to see a lot of Latavius Murray moving forward. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. He's still got a passing profile. He can, he can catch passes that maybe the other guys can't. So I don't think he's completely useless for fantasy. But as far as the run, as far as the run game goes, it's going to be hard to trust him moving forward. So I take the loss here. Els Bells moves to four and two on the season, and I move to a depressing two and four on the year. All right, our next matchup was a key matchup in the household of the Benoit family. This is Taylor, trophy wife, taking on Dawson Knox's Creek, Josh. And the husband takes the win, 97 to 76 over Taylor. Let's take a look at Josh's team. Congratulations on the win. Michael Pittman Jr., welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 19.9 fantasy points. That was my best mace. That's the only song I know by Mace, by the way. I feel like that's the only banger he's ever made. I'm probably wrong. But anyway, Michael Pittman, 13 receptions, 134 yards in 19 fantasy points. Again, another stud this week who was able to get you close to 20 fantasy points with no touchdown. I mean, it's so rare. Look at what he had to do, 13 receptions. So um, tough to do. Got it done for Josh's team. Let's talk about your dud. And I'm going Raheem Mostert against Minnesota. Five fantasy points, not what you want to see. He is definitely taking over that lead back role in Miami. I don't think I don't think he lost it here. He got 49 rushing yards. It was more of a passing game for the Dolphins. They were down against the Vikings most of the day. So I don't think it's a Melvin Gordon situation where they've seen enough. He's been really good all year. However, he is a 30-year-old running back. So we have to keep our eye on, can he sustain this production at his age 
with that much work. He doesn't need a lot of work to be fantasy relevant because he's so explosive and he's still so fast. But at age 30, if he's going to get 20 carries a game, can he handle that workload? His entire career has shown that he can't handle that workload because he always gets injured. But right now he is healthy. We'll see moving forward if they continue to stick with Raheem Mostert. Moving over to the trophy wife. Kind of a tough game for Taylor. She has injuries all over the place. Damian Harris was out. Rashad Penny is out for the year. So we'll see if uh, Damian Harris comes back. He was a he was a questionable tag all week. So that means there is hope for him to come back possibly this week. However, it's a Monday night football game, which is always terrible for fantasy football. So we'll see. Maybe she can have a backup plan there. Uh, as far as her studs go, I, I, I give it to Austin Eckler, but... It's tough because he got you 19 fantasy points last night, but just it still wasn't enough to get you the win. You know, if we want to talk about studs from Sunday, it was probably just Ryan Suckup. He gave you 14 fantasy points because Tom Brady continues to not be able to score touchdowns. He only kicks <laughs> they only kick field goals. Um, but Austin Eckler is giving you what you need. It's just, um, you know, the rest of your team's kind of falling short. Marquez Valdez Scantling. This is what he does. He had a decent week last week. So you feel like in a shootout, and I don't blame her at all for starting him in her situation where she has a bunch of injuries. You feel like in a shootout with the Buffalo Bills, the highest over-under on the week, you want a piece of that game. If you can just grab a player from that game, you have a chance to strike lightning. And um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, zero catches, zero yards, zero fantasy points. The ultimate dud Gooser, not great there. I mean, in consideration, Dallas Goddard as well, only three fantasy points. He's having a great season, though. Can't really fault him for having a a bad game. Every player has bad games. It just came at a terrible time for Taylor. If if he could have done something a little more, as well as Marquez Valdez-Scantling, she would have been much happier and had a chance to win this matchup. So, nonetheless, Trophy Wife moves to 1-5 on the year. And Josh Benoit, a respectable, and I'm jealous about this, a 4-2 record on the year. All right. Our final matchup is going to be Bathroom Handjobs taking on Unleash the Beast. This is Mike versus Alicia, and Alicia does it again. 117 to 81 she takes the win i don't know how she keeps doing this she didn't have jonathan taylor this week still doesn't have keenan allen but she was very smart she was smart enough to pick on pick up Deion jackson and he exploded for the colts 23 fantasy points for Deion jackson a guy that even i didn't know who he was heading into this season you know just the perfect scenario for Alicia. Hines was the clear handcuff, second man up. If anything were to ever happen to Jonathan Taylor, will something happen to Jonathan Taylor? And then, of course, something happens to Naeem Hines, and she has Deion Jackson. I mean, everything is going to plan for Alicia right now. And it looks like she's possibly getting Jonathan Taylor back as soon as this week. 
And she probably doesn't even care because she does have Deion Jackson. So that's going to be her stud, 23 fantasy points. She didn't really have a dud that really killed her, but a dud probably for the rest of the season, like kind of a season-long dud, is going to be Antonio Gibson, six fantasy points. There's a changing of a guard there. Brian Robinson was uh, given the starting position, like officially. A lot of teams don't, you know, officially announce when a player is going to get a start. They just do it, you know. I wouldn't have been surprised last night if Latavius Murray started over Melvin Gordon last night. I don't think that would have been something they announced. Well, the commanders announced it on Sunday morning that they were, I'm sorry, on Thursday uh, evening before the Thursday night game, that they were starting Brian Robinson. That's showing two things. One, they're happy to have Brian Robinson back from that uh, gunshot wound. And two, they don't believe in Antonio Gibson anymore. So, it's going to be interesting to see what Alicia does with Antonio Gibson moving forward. Now, he did come in and had some big runs on limited work. So where was where were those explosive runs the last few weeks when Brian Robinson was out? Take it for what it's worth. This was against the Chicago Bears. Everybody can run on the Chicago Bears. So we'll see what she does moving forward. But nonetheless, 117 points. Moving on to Corrado's team, 81. Not so great. Duds everywhere. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, it, it looks like the Achilles monster was not defeated. And I know J.K. Dobbins didn't have an Achilles, but he had multiple injuries on his knee. You might as well have it be just as serious as an Achilles. But guys like J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers and James Robinson, they all came out looking good in the beginning of their seasons. And now they're all kind of taking a step back. Those injuries are not, you know, helping them out for their cause for fantasy football. J.K. Dobbins sat out the whole second half. Good for 1.5 fantasy points. Last night was also just disgusting. Cortland Sutton, uh, two fantasy points. I don't know what's going on with that Denver Broncos team. But guess what? I don't care because my New York Jets get to face them coming up this week. And as far as I know, the Broncos are somehow favored. So give me the Jets and the points all day long against that putrid offense and that terrible coaching staff. Sorry. They have such a good defense, and they're just somehow still not winning games. But somehow the Atlanta Falcons are winning games. Um, so either way, um, you know, as far as your stud goes, you did have a couple studs. I'm going Alvin Kamara. 99 rushing yards, 15.4 fantasy points. I'd still like to see him get even more involved in the passing game. He was last week. But without Michael Thomas there, no Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave has been out the last couple weeks. I believe Olave will be back this week, and I think that will actually help Alvin Kamara. It will open things up a little bit. Um, but if you're Corrado and anybody out there owning Alvin Kamara, I think I want to see Andy Dalton stay at quarterback. He's going to check it down and use Kamara properly. Jameis Winston is a letter fly type quarterback. He will throw it downfield, you know, for better or for worse. And Kamara's not downfield. He's, uh, you know, he's right around the line of scrimmage. He's a check down guy. And I like what Andy Dalton's doing right now with uh, Alvin Kamara. So bathroom hand jobs, Mike takes the loss, moves to two and four on the season. And unbelievable, unleash the beast, Alicia. 
starting the year undefeated 6-0. and And oh, by the way, I have to face her this coming week. It's only getting worse for Mr. Fahrenheit. But congratulations to Alicia for the hot start. All right, it is now time for our week six power rankings. Let's see what the simulation thinks. Now, I'm starting to understand these power rankings slowly but surely. I think scoring points is big with the simulation. So it's not just, hey, I won this week. I should be skyrocketing up. It's how many points are you putting up? And that's going to determine. And and that does make sense. The more points you put up, the more chances you have to win, which means you should be ranked higher for a full 17-game uh, season. It just makes sense. So anyway, um, not a ton of changes here from last week, I noticed. So at number 12 is going to be Torres Falcons, Juan. At number 11 is going to be the Trophy Wife, Taylor. At number 10 is going to be the BV Bar Wenches, Chris. That's that's one I'm surprised at. He won this week. He's 4-2. and two. They still have him ranked just like he was last week at number 10. At number 9, Dawson Knox's Creek uh, is going to be Josh. And I believe he actually went down a spot. And that's where I'm kind of understanding why he did get the win versus Taylor, but he didn't score a lot of points doing it. The simulation does not like that, Joshua. At number eight, the Book of Samuel. So Joe Chick moves up one spot with his win and his point output. 116 points, I believe it was. At number seven, Yeeter Skeeters. Jason got the win. However, not a lot of points put up. At number six, Bathroom Handjobs. Mike Carrado. At number five, Pillar of Fire. That's a head scratcher. I thought maybe he'd be a little lower. I, be, I think that's back-to-back 60-point weeks for Tom. Uh, simulation still has him at five. At number four, Unleash the Beast. So <laughs> undefeated Alicia, 6-0, and only ranked number four. That's a slap in the face, and uh, I hate even – I'd have her ranked number one, maybe number two. Um, but simulation – as we're at four. Number three, ChristianMingle.com. So Gage takes the loss, still ranked number three. Number two is still me. I'm two and four, putting up a ton of points. It's just not happening. So this is where we can really test this out. Um, I mean, for a power ranking, this is saying, hey, this is an obvious playoff team ranked at number two. Let's see if this actually uh, happens, if my luck can change. If I keep putting up points, I should be winning. And at number one, no change, six weeks in a row, L's Bells, Elliot Shabelli, ranked number one. Thanks for listening into the show, Marvel Fantasy Football Podcast. Week seven is coming up. Unbelievable how fast this has happened. Uh, multiple injuries, multiple bye weeks. This is when it starts getting grittier and grittier. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week.